what's up. In this episode of Testimony, a musician story presented by Soundseekers, I talk to rapper and singer Angie Rose. She shares her Christian testimony. Now, I had the privilege of talking to Angie and interviewing her years ago for another publication. It wasn't for my podcast, but we had a great conversation, which she reminded me we had the entire conversation while she was walking the streets of New York and sharing her testimony. So now I was able to catch up with her again, like five, six years later, talk to her face-to-face or screen-to-screen on Zoom, and she shares how drugs and alcohol numbed her to life, how the Spirit of the Lord made her feel again. She talks about her experience being featured in People and Espanol magazine, and how her unstoppable foundation helped to support those affected by hurricanes in Puerto Rico. Now, Angie also has a project titled Unstoppable, which is now available on all streaming platforms. Additionally, we talk about Lil Nas X and Nipsey Hussle in our Hot Topics segment. I am Gailica Brown, and this is Sound Seekers Presents Testimony, a Musician's Story. Um, my first music memory. So, yeah, uh, not actually a song. Um, but like a person, I remember, um, I always talk about it. My second mom, she passed away um, about three years ago now, but she, yeah, you know, she, that I thought music was beautiful. And I just remember her singing. She had, a, I guess it's a song, but she sang this song in our church called Take Me Back. Um, and just every single time I saw her sing, I, I don't know, I feel like there was like lights that would like pop up behind her. And I was just like blown away. Um, yeah, that's the strongest one. How old do you think you were when you first saw her sing that? Um, I, I think that first memory I was, dang, I, I couldn't tell you because I was younger when I sang a song to her. I was like three years old, like, like writing my first little, uh, but I want to say like five. Um, it could have been young. I want to say like Ooh, okay, you're kind of freezing now. <laughs> yeah, you're frozen right now. It's good now. I so far. It stays. All right. So, but you were saying that what you were maybe five or six when you had that yeah. memory. Yeah, I want to say about five. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that's pretty impactful for for that to stick with you. Yeah. And that's yeah, she was she was phenomenal. <laughs> she Definitely. Okay. So going back to your childhood, the beginning. So you were born and raised in the Bronx. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And were you raised in a two-parent household? Yes, ma'am. And Actually, um, both of my parents were divorced before they got married. Um, okay. So there was their second marriage. Yeah. Both. Okay. So they, I'm the baby of 10, but I'm the only one from them too. Okay. Okay. And then mm-hmm. what's the age difference between you and the oldest? Oh, the oldest. Oh, I have no idea, but the youngest is 14 years older than me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 76. So she is 56 sister. So her kids are older than me. They used to like walk me to school and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. It is wild. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes, though. <laughs> I feel like that. 
I have an uncle who's like two years uh, older than me. So it's like weird to call him uncle. So, right, exactly. So what's in your household um, when you were growing up, how many siblings were actually in the house? Um, I only had, well, okay, so two of my brothers um, came to live with me when I was, or I lived with my parents when I was like, um, I think three, four, five, something like that. But like I said, they they were already so much older. So I think like a year and a half after my brother was living with us, he ended up like having his baby and starting his life off. Um, then I had one brother, but he was you know, super, and um, he chose a different road you know, while we were younger and that ended up, you know, me not having him either. <laughs> so yeah, it was really uh, a lot of just me and then kind of visiting with them or trying to make times to be, you know, around them. Okay. And was it a Christian household? Uh, yeah, definitely. My parents actually um, opened their church like the week I was born. Oh, wow. Okay. So they yeah. co-pastor a church together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, still to, to this day. Wow. Yeah. So you literally grew up in the church then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was yep, yep, like yep. Daily? Were you there like pretty much every day? Yeah, pretty often. Um, but I didn't really like notice. Um yeah, it was it was it was it is family. Um, but Melinda again, she ended up running an after school program. Um, so like that was in the church, but it was like all my friends were there. And all. so it was just family. I used to walk from school, go to the after school, eat lunch or whatever, hang out with my friends, do our homework. And then we'd do service or dance. We had step teams. And, oh. Awesome. All right. And when did it connect with you? When did you personally give your life to Christ? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I was super with it like I wasn't like against um church as a kid I didn't have um but I remember like eight years old I went to, I was in a service one day and and it's what makes me know that Holy Spirit is um super real because nothing different was happening that day they were singing the same songs older church you know I, my parents are a lot older so they were singing the same hymns they were like joy like a river and all that good stuff and um I felt the joy of the Lord, like it just blew my mind. And I started jumping and like, they didn't really do that in my dad's church. And I was just like, oh my God, like losing it. I was like, I'm with it. Um, so yeah, I want to say about eight. And then, you know, I, I was preaching already at that point for like youth services and super engaged, but also super confused because I'm still from the Bronx and I'm still like in real life. My brother is still listening to like, you know, he's enjoying secular music, he's chilling with his friends. So just had a lot of different worlds kind of coming together to make me, but yeah. Okay, so eight years old, you feel like the Holy Spirit just take over you and you're, you know, just worshiping till you pass yeah. out in church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, you have siblings that are still like in the world and you're, of course, yeah. You still got to walk home and get, yeah, you know, and my friends in school. I went to a public school. Like it wasn't, they weren't Christian by no means. So, so then how was that? Okay, so from eight to then, you know, you go into being a teenager. 
Yeah. And you feel the Holy Spirit in you, but like you said, your friends around you weren't about that life. How was that? Um, I don't know. For some, I, th I think I was a little stronger when I was a kid than I, than I became as an adult, if I'm honest. Um, or not stronger. I didn't notice. Like, I was just like, this is what I do. And this is, you know, what they do. I remember going through a phase of like cursing a little bit and just like, ah, it doesn't feel good. Like, it is, this isn't right. Um, but then, you know, my, my thing I think was, or still my struggle is like, you know, I had a temper or have a temper, whatever it is. And so I would like, you know, get scrappy in school. And, um, but yeah, man, it, I was just me. But I, I do remember like feeling super guilty because I loved um, Nelly, like Ja Rule. Like I was, and I, I was like one day at home, like it's getting hot in here. I was like losing my mind. In the, in the, <laughs> and then my mom like came home and it was just, but you know what? Um, what's great is they weren't super religious about anything. Like they were just like, and I guess they, they didn't know enough either, like to know how bad or, or how um, dangerous that music was. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, um, I've just been me most of my life trying to figure it out. And some days I felt like more of a Christian than others. Um, but what I'm learning now is that that's not true. Like I was always just as Christian. I was just being a human. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I like that. Just being a human. Yeah. Um, that is something I thought you touched on something interesting when you felt like you said you felt like you're, it was easier being a Christian when you were younger versus now as an adult. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, I do think there's something kind of to that because yeah. I do just remember myself being younger. And so like, just about it like my body is god's temple <laughs> like yeah. everyone like in my family like know me for that and then hmm. um and then like growing up <laughs> not true right like god's temple like oh look temple. at me not yeah <laughs> so I'm like, what happened to your body being god's temple right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i don't know i mean i'm just wondering like what 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 is that <laughs> i'm still trying to figure it out i'm still um i'm still in it if i'm honest yeah. um, but I, I don't know i think that the mind of a child we absorb we believe and we accept um and i think that that's why god was like why jesus was like let the little children come on to me um i, I don't think that he was talking about like not reaching adults which is clear because i mean the whole three years he spent he was reaching adults he talked we got like two stories with children so i think that he was talking about the mind of a child just like he told nicodemus you got to be born again and nicodemus didn't understand what he was saying um but he but he made it he's like yo i'm speaking simple truth mm -hmm. but only the mind of us of a grasp that and i think we get older and we start putting in all these variables and we we, we fall mess up and as a kid, you fall and you mess up and it's kind of like, okay, get up. As an adult, you start to beat yourself up when you're already down. Um, and I think that that affects our rise. Yeah. I don't know, that's theory, an idea. No, I mean, that's a, that's, <laughs> because it's now not only are we like beating ourselves up, but people around us are beating ourselves up too for falling. And we're acknowledging mm. that and we're taking all that in instead of just mm. like filtering it out yeah being, like concerned about our journey it's well what does yeah. everyone else around me have to say about my journey mm, yeah 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 i think it's it's just so key to focus on the next step i think that's what i'm what i'm trying to keep learning like 
Jesus wasn't about the last step. He, he always talked about the next one. Go forth and sin no more. And it's like, man, I'm still still worried about what I did. And you're focused about, you're focused on who I am. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. And then you talk about in your music, um, you know, what you always say, but <laughs> I'm a Puerto Rican girl who loves hip hop. And you're yeah. talking about being a crazy kid who like got <laughs> this crazy girl on you. Talking about well, doing drugs and driving drunk and spinning your car. Like, yeah. When did that whole era come into play? Um, so when I was about 15, which is when I started kind of changing up, um, my niece and my nephew passed away in the same year. Um, she was seven and he was 13 and both of their parents were pastors. Okay. Um, do you mind if I ask so you passed away? My niece, we don't know, to be honest, like still she was fine. And then she wasn't, um, she was hot and she laid on the floor and we took her to the hospital and or my sister took her to the hospital and we don't know um my nephew was actually born sick so it, it it's actually a to me a sermon in a, in a body because his heart was too big for his body that's what was happening everything his heart was the only thing growing in his body just wasn't um and yeah we we knew that we were living on borrowed time with him um from the beginning but but we always believed that God would do a miracle as a faith family. Like you just kind of believe in those things. Um, and so she passed away first actually. And he passed away five months later. And so that just like rocked me. Like I just, I didn't get it. I was like, God, you know why they're both pastors. And that. Like, I was just so angry. Um, and that's kind of where I started shifting slowly. Um, I left my dad's church and I ended up wanting to go to where my sister uh, was and from, I, I just started having problems at home and slowly but surely, you know, I, I tried to get God by doing the work. Um, but, you know, over the years, just church hurt started happening and life started happening. And I literally remember the day that I was like yelling at God and I felt like a cloud of darkness, like, like he allowed like a cloud of darkness to just cover me. And during those three years, that's when all these things happened. That's when drug abuse started. That's when, like, you know, alcoholism. I worked in, like, a, a, a club. I was, like, a bottle girl. Like, I went, I went zero to a million. Um, and, you know, God just found me um, like he always does. I mean, he, he knew where I was the whole time. He was always present. But I guess just that one day he, he wasn't playing. And <laughs> he, got me, he got me back. So you said that one day, was it like a big, like monumental day for you? Yeah. I mean, um, so I, I was with my friends and we were just doing what we always did. We were like smoking, whatever, drinking. And I actually popped like an e-pill, um, but like a big one. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, I don't feel anything. And I was actually sitting on a school desk, which is funny to me. Cause it's like, God was literally teaching me, mm -hmm. um, and I just was like, man, I don't feel. And I was like, I don't remember when's the last time I felt anything. Like, I I don't feel ever. Yeah. And I was just, like, going through that in my head. And all my friends are chilling. And I was just like, I got to go. Like, I, gotta, I just got to get out of here. So I left. And I still had the key to my parents' house. But I, like, didn't live there anymore. I was, like, living everywhere. If I'm honest. I was just floating. I stayed with my brother. And 
I was just going through it. And um, I went home and nobody was there. And I sat in the living room and they had the piano that I used to play. It was still just set up and I just sat there and started playing. Uh, and it was a song um, in Spanish. It says, si tan solo tocar el borde de su manto libre sería. Which means, if only I could touch the hem of your garment, um, I'll be free. And it was a song that I always sang. And, and I just started to play it because it's what I knew. Um, and I don't know, I started to sing like from the depths of my soul. And I, I remember feeling like a hammer just came and shattered like a glass box. And it was almost as if I had lived in that glass box for years, for those three years, like I was just in it and the world was happening around me, but I couldn't feel anything. I didn't even remember what the breeze felt like. I didn't remember like what, and just nothing, nothing. And I felt like he just shattered that. And then this picture, uh, it was like, um, like film, like it was just, yeah. And it was like all the seconds of my life. Like it wasn't even the minutes. It wasn't the hours. It was like seconds of my life. And he was like, like, and he was like every single thing that you've been through, every single part of your story is for my glory. I'm going to use it. And I was just crying, 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 blown away. And I was like, man, I don't know what this is. Um, but if you're real, if you are who you say you are, then, then I want in. Um, and it was hard too. I, I like I battled mentally. I battled physically. I ended up calling my sister, who like I needed reconciliation with, because she hurt me in a way that I just couldn't believe um, a sister could. And God like literally called her number out of static in my head. I didn't know what was going on. I was just crying, and I saw her phone number pop out of static. Mm -hmm. And I swore it was my other sister, the one that like is the nice one and all this stuff, and it. I just dialed the number and it was her and we cried together and she saw like Jesus walking into my home. She saw the light. She experienced everything that I was experiencing in that moment with me. And until the point where she told me she had to, that she had to go because, because I had to have that moment with God. And when I, when I hung up the phone, I had my eyes closed and I opened them and I saw like sandals and feet and light. And I remember the woman that cried at his feet and dried her hair and my hair was over my, and I was just like, my God, like you are so intricate. You're so real. Um, it's just journey. Like I, I, I got so hungry for the word. I, I couldn't stop. I could, like I didn't, I was fasting. I was praying and I just wanted to be in the word. Um, and yeah, here we are today. It's, it, it's been, you know, the up and down battle. I'm not going to pretend like I thought for a long while that that was it and that everything was going to be like perfect. And then my humanity popped back up on me and, and Jesus was like, yeah, we're still dealing with things. I love you. And I gave you all this peace and all this joy, but I'm still a healer. And in order to heal, I have to resurface the things that you ground because they'll kill you eventually. Yeah. I mean, we're always in progress. So yeah. I do think, I mean, I too felt that way. Like you have like this big monumental thing that happens to you and yeah. you think, okay, that's it. I'm set for life. Yep. Like I'm on this yeah. journey. And it's like, no, <laughs> life still happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. still lessons yeah. to learn. But um, man, that testimony is so vivid the way that you tell it. And now I recall like when I spoke to you years back and you were walking down the street telling me that story. Like I remember how vivid it was then as well as you telling me yeah. like, being in the whole glass box and the shattering, like yeah. that's crazy. Um, 
I haven't shared the, it's funny because I've been sharing these stories more and more lately. And it's like, I'm just grateful because you, you forget sometimes when you stop sharing and when people stop asking you those questions, when people stop caring about your testimony and they only care about the song or the whatever, you know, thing is happening next, you forget that God really does save and he has saved, you know? Yeah. So it's been good. No, it's always good to to hear others' testimony, but also to just remember yours, even yeah. if it's for yourself. Just yeah. go through that practice. Almost like almost like at least an annual thing. Mm, <laughs> yeah. At minimum, right? Yeah, at minimum. Yeah. Twelve months is a long time. You need that reminding. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um so now you move forward. So all this happened when you pretty much gave your, like, the glass box testimony. That's like, what, 18-ish? 18, 19? Yeah, when, I believe so. Yeah, something around there. No, had to be about 21. Okay. So young adult, like, coming into your own, okay. So, um... Yeah. I mean, we're going to get more into the music a little bit later, but I do want to talk about some of the cool things that happened with the music. And in particular, within like the last 12 months, um, you had, you were on People in Espanol. Yeah. Like, how did that even come about? And how did you find I, I have no idea. Um, but it was wild. So I, I signed with Capital CMG. Um, and we just kind of started releasing, you know, music. We did all these singles and all this stuff. Um, and they hired a publicist and I don't know, just God's favor was, was kind of on that. And we were able to do a lot of things, including that one. So it was an amazing experience. I think, um, just for me, the, what was really cool was going into the airport, seeing the magazine and being able to pull a sh off a shelf and like, oh my God, my face is in here. Like it, that was the coolest thing. Um, but yeah, that, that happened. I don't know. Well, let's also point out the fact that not only were you like inside the magazine, but who was on the cover of that magazine? Yeah, Selena. Yeah, that's right. That was a crazy feeling. Yeah, that was a crazy feeling. But I learned a lot even from that. Like, um, just, you know, that's not our bank. These, these aren't the things that... <sighs> These aren't the things that do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the things that fill you. It's not the things that even launch you. God is is the launch pad. And I think that's been the lesson since then. Um, the pandemic hit after that. And all these things that were supposed to happen, God was like, yeah, we're going to talk. Like, we're yeah. going to chat. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for it. So um, other things that happened that kind of affected the pandemic, are the pandemic affecting um, what you thought was about to happen with your career in life. Um, what, you had a concert lined up with Sean Paul, too, that was canceled? Yeah, Sunfest. Um, apparently, I'm still on for whenever the world opens again, which is beautiful. Okay. But yeah, it was Sean Paul, A Boogie, Juan is, it was supposed to be a really cool li lineup. Um, but yeah, now what I'm excited about is that I have newer music. When the show does open, I have music that um that i believe stands for god in a dope way 
Yeah. Um, it's going to, you know, have people dancing, but not just for no reason, um, but for like freedom, for liberation. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited about. Like when it hits play, I'm not, I'm not hitting play in the same scene. Yeah. No, that's dope. And I mean, what were the type of lessons? Cause you said that like the whole people magazine thing, it's, that's not the bank. Um, yeah. it was a lesson that you had to learn, obviously like in this past year, um, like how, how did you learn this lesson? basically shoot i had no choice i had no choice um i couldn't keep skipping class uh he he shut the world down he's like look like the board's up i'm talking um and and he broke things from me like things that i wanted things that i held close like he was like it's not beneficial you know it you've known it for a long time and you're not doing anything about it so as a loving father I'm going to strip that and it's, and it's painful. It's going to be painful, but I'm going to be present. Um, and that's the gift. Yeah. Like had the world continued going and had my success continued like to grow, I wouldn't have realized, um, you know, what, what good is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? And I don't know that I would, I don't know anything. I don't know how to write, you know, I can't write my name in the, in the book of salvation, but I know, I know that, that there were things that God needed to strip. There are things that God needed to strip. Um, and I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened if if he didn't just stop things. Yeah. And you said you were in school too, or was that just an analogy? Are you in school? Oh yeah, just, oh. no, just an analogy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, constantly learning, but no, yeah. I'm in school. Okay. And um, you also have the Unstoppable Foundation? Yeah, yeah. So how did that even come about and um, what is, what are you guys about? Um, so basically um, we had all these hurricanes, Hurricane Maria hit, mm -hmm. um, but I had just come back from like touring in Houston. I went with um, Kingdom Music, Brian Trejo, and Antoine Hill, Monica, all these people. And um, on our days off when the tour, you know, kind of wasn't happening in venues and all that. Um, we were able, I was able to connect with people in like the hoods of Houston. Mm -hmm. And so we went out and did like free concerts and with the extra merch, like we just gave it out to the community. And it was, you know, I was talking about hope and I'm like, God's got you and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, these hurricanes hit and I'm like, oh my God, like we just spent all this time talking about God. How do I look not doing anything, not supporting, not standing. And so I got on social media and I was like, look, we still have some leftover merch from tour because um, all these things happen to business and craziness. And if I tell you there was tours that I, we had planned, so I had bought all this merch and then the promoter like disappeared. But so mm, what? whatever the point is, yeah, is God was in that. So, yeah. but God was teaching me in that. Um, he was showing me that I had seed. He's like, look, you didn't lose anything. You have seed, you have things to plant now. And so, um, I was like, okay, so I get on social media and I'm like, you know, we have this. If you guys buy it, I don't have money, but if you guys buy this stuff, then I'll have money and I'm going to send it. So social media just started blowing up and people, all these people bought the merch. And so I shot it to, to the people that we worked with in Houston that were working with the hoods. Then it happened in Florida. So I get online, I do the same thing. It surges, people buy stuff. I'm like, oh my God. Then it hits Flor um, 
Puerto Rico. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God. I don't even have any more shirts. <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. But um, the truth, the bigger thought was like, I know how the houses are built. I know how the electricity is. I know, like, I know that this storm isn't hitting Puerto Rico isn't the same as the storm hitting Houston and Florida. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, man, what did we do? And I wanted, I called all these churches and all these pastors and I asked for help. And we ended up doing a relief concert. Um, I still went on social media because obviously there were fans that weren't from New York that couldn't come. And I was like, look, if you guys donate or purchase a ticket, then we're going to go to the projects where I live and we're going to give these people VIP seats. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we did. We, they, all these people ended up buying tickets and sending donations and the tickets we were selling them for like 10 bucks. So if somebody sent 50 bucks, we had five tickets. Okay. So, so I'd go out like, you know, we were knocking on the doors with the team and we we're like, look, we just, we want to invite you. You're our VIP. And they're like, no, how much is this? <laughs> like, you know how it is. Like you from the hood, you, you know, you don't believe nothing. You're like, no, get up out my door. And we're like, no, for real, you're yeah. free. It's free. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we made them VIP. Yeah, it's free. And we made them the VIP. So we had all these people, like politicians, pastors, all that. And yeah, I don't get the front row because you already know what we're here to talk about. It's supposed to be for the people that are lost. Um, and so we ended up getting about 500 people to come out and we raised $5,000. And to me, that was huge. Um, and then we just hopped on a plane and all these people were like, oh, we're going to help you, we're going to help you. And then like when I'm booking the tickets and all that stuff, they all disappeared. And I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? The minute I land in Puerto Rico, FEMA and the Ricky Martin calls, and we ended up getting pallets and pallets of food, plus we had the money. And so we were able to just, like, we killed it. Like, thank God. Like, we, we were able to set up nine distribution centers after that. And that's when I was like, you know what? This is, this is a thing. And we came back to New York, started working on paperwork, and... and after we were able to open an after-school program, which unfortunately closed because of COVID, um, but it was happening. Um, there, yeah, it was just it's it's been a wild ride. Uh, it sucks right now. Not whatever. It sucks right now because the world closed and we lost um, the program. But again, I think God was just realigning um, and restructuring because you can do good things without them being God things. And if your heart is for him, he'll stop that too. He'll be like, look, I'm, I'm going to get you right. And then we'll go back to doing it. Because if not, you're just present. And if there's no miracle signs, wonders, if there's not transformation, then you're just like everybody else. And what's the point? <laughs> right on. Well said. <laughs> okay. That's dope. And yeah. um, just to be clear, because it kind of like got a little glitchy, but you said when you got to PR, FEMA and Ricky Martin kicked in? Yeah, the, the Ricky Martin Foundation. Yeah, I never got to got to work with Ricky Martin himself, but his foundation was crazy supportive. Like, even when we went back the second time, we were able to get to warehouses um, that had food and they had soap and they had water and they would just bless us. Like, we filled, like, three trucks and just hit the mountains. and Amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also something to be said and just lessons to be learned about I'm sure it also showed you what you can accomplish on your own because you're thinking like you're coming with like a squad and you have people to support you and people just kind of fell to the wayside and it's just yeah. like, okay, I guess I got to do this now. And you know, how Man, uh, God empowered you. There was, there was people, th those same people that disappeared 
ended up popping back up. And what God was showing me was um, the word says miracle signs and wonders follow. And so he was testing my faith. He's like, if you don't get there, they can't follow. You have to be where you want them to meet you. Um, and so that that's still a profound lesson. Like, I got to go where I want the things that I want to see to be. Right on. Okay. And how do you say God's presence looks like in your life personally, outside of the music, just his personal presence in your life? That's really funny. Because um, this morning I was actually praying. I'm like, God, I want to, like, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to find you within me. If you say that if I abide in you, then you abide in me, then I want to know you. And I think I'm still on that journey. Like, but I don't know. I feel like there's like a little gas tank in our, in our heart that we just don't access enough. Mm. And I feel like he's teaching me more and more like, yo, it's right here. Just turn this. I'm right here. Um, and I can feel him like, you know, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but it's like, I'm grateful that my heart has been broken. Um, or even is broken, if I could say that. Like, I'm wondering as of late, I'm like, man, is this the new beat? You know what I mean? Is this just where it is so that I can empathize? And not even empathize. I, I actually can feel, I can see somebody that doesn't open their mouth just to look in their eyes and be like, I know that. I know that pain. Yeah. And then you can feel God, Jesus in there. Like, yo, I got you. I'm, I'm going to fill you up right now. And it literally feels like a lever or like, I don't know if you've ever seen when they pump water mm -hmm. from the ground and they're just kind of, it feels like that. Like, it feels like God is in my heart. Like, literally, like, come on, baby, I'm right here. And you can feel, like, him just fill you. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know fully. You know, I've seen so many, I've had so many experiences with God. The mountaintop and everything is amazing. And you feel like you're, you're light, you're full of light and all this stuff. And now I'm in a space of, like, no, nah, you're just you're just faithful. Yeah. You're present and you're with me, you know? He matches our energy in a sense and then elevates it. Right on. Okay. Um, we're going to move forward and kind of take a, a small break from your story and talk about what's a hot topic, what's trending on Twitter. So um, what's trending right now in the entertainment world is <laughs> Lil Nas X. I already know. <laughs> So are you all caught up to speed with the whole Ontario music video and the Satan shoes and all of that? Relatively, relatively via social media. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like just like a quick scan. Like I basically have to read up on stuff. I feel like so out of touch with certain things, but then yeah. also certain things like I really don't want to touch. So like I heard about the Ontario video. They say it's like it's him. Um, part of it's like he's dressed in drag, sliding down a pole to hell, and he gives Satan a lap dance, and then he casually snaps Satan's neck and takes over the underworld. Um, no way. Yeah. that's I didn't know that last part. That's really funny. This guy yeah, he takes over the underworld. Yeah. Um, people he just focus does. more on him, like, giving Satan a lap, a lap dance. Yeah. Either way, I didn't watch the video. I just want yeah. anything that pertains to like <laughs> demons. I'm like, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, you know, a lot of politicians, conservative commentators, um, even like rappers like Joyner Lucas, you yeah. know, weighing in and having things to say. And like one thing Joyner said was like, 
he came out of left field um, and that um, Lil Nas X audience are like school age kids. And it's like, you cultivated this audience with your old town road and then you're going to switch it up on him without any warning. Like, that's not mm. cool. But then Lil Nas says, I literally sing about lean and adultery in Old Town Road. You decide yeah. to let your child listen, so blame yourself. Um, so then, and then also we have like the whole Satan shoes and yeah. apparently he made like a video that's titled, like he apologizes for it, but he really doesn't apologize. He says something like, um... Um, he's heard all about the complaints, but then he abruptly cuts to a clip of his video and it's him lap dancing <laughs> on Satan. So he Oh, interesting. Really Yeah, yeah. I don't really care. He doesn't care. Yeah. But yeah. time. He's a twenty one year old kid, right? And people thought he's he cool. Yeah, he's only twenty one, he's a kid. So people thought he was cool when he was like dressing up as a black cowboy, but now that they see he's like dressing and like cross-dressing and doing like half-naked photos, now it's a problem. But from jump, he's always said who he was. Like he came out and said he was gay. Like nothing, none of this stuff is new. Yeah. So my question to you is like, who's responsible? The artists or like the parents who let their kids listen. The system. <laughs> I mean, and not just like the industry, like, I mean, like, just our sin is like, right. Like, that's what, I, that's the better answer. Yeah. Like sin is responsible. Ultimately is nobody knows what they're talking about. Like I've, I, I've never understood it. You just like, you just shooting at each other, but y'all both got the same guns and you both could die by the same bullets. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so even yeah, it's just I feel I, I feel it's heavy. It's it's heavy because it's like man, like this is his life. This is his his soul and their lives, their souls. Like there's so many people um, intertwined. Um, yeah, it's hard because what's the point of of somebody that can't fix it taking responsibility? Like, I think that's the one thing that we learned from the gospel. Like, y'all can't do it. So, like, okay, yeah, you did it wrong. You did it wrong. I feel like, I can feel like Oprah. Like, you, you, you wrong. <laughs> like, it's, it's just wrong. Yeah. So, who's going to fix it? Like, it's, it's something I was thinking about yesterday. Like, just because I didn't make the mess, it doesn't take away my responsibility for cleaning it up. So, it's like, instead of finding who's responsible for the blame, why don't we find who would be responsible for the cleanup. Mm. Um, and the struggle there is just, if you don't know you're dirty, then you're not going to want to be cleaned. And if the people that are cleaning don't realize that they're hurting you, then, you know, you're not going to, it's just, it, it gets worse. And then they're just as dirty. If yeah. that makes sense. Like, it's yeah. just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, the state of the church is, is heavy. The state of the world is heavy. The state of the industry is, extremely heavy and I'm and I just say extremely because I'm just realizing it now like getting so involved in this and it not being in the Christian bubble or being like because right I started off like you know this college girl and it was all Christian and ah, not that it was perfect but it was different yeah um and then I get into the industry and it's like oh my god like this is scary this is what it is here this is how people 
live and they have no idea because they're so clouded. Everybody's just clouding themselves and you can always smile when you don't know what's wrong. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a situation that requires like real prayer, real action. Um, And I wish people would just stop talking when they didn't know what they were saying. Yeah. (laughs) Well, people love to talk about things they don't know about. Um, How important is visual imagery in your videos and just any of the content that you create? I'm still learning uh, how to navigate. It's obviously super important. Um, and I'm, I'm just still learning what it looks like to convey a message in that way. I think even just music in general, um, you, you have to, it, I could just talk to you and it's so easy, right? I could just tell you what I gotta tell you. Uh, uh. But if there's a beat added to it and, and I've got to rhyme and I've got to entertain or fit into something, it, it starts to dilute. Mm-hmm. all the the things that you would consider true and then you find yourself kind of defending your art instead of having your art plead the truth um and so I think very very important but I think also very difficult um and just a task that has to be taken um with the individual like yeah it's a lot because there's so many people always weighing in too like I can't make a video so the person that wants to make the video is coming with his ideas. And now I'm trying to figure out how to fit his ideas or her ideas into this vision. And now you're shape-shifting. You're trying to put a circle into a triangle. And everybody, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot to absorb. So uh, very important, but also very difficult. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing that's trending, Nipsey. Nipsey Hustle. two years ago on this day, March 31st, 2019 is when he was murdered. Um, So um, the LA Clippers, they played his halftime performance from when he performed there. And like people there said that um, they can still feel his presence and that it was just a very important Mm. moment. So what do you think is more important, being impactful or being memorable, even if you're being memorable, like off some BS? I think if you're impactful, then you're always both. Mm. So I think that's the best choice. Um, for me, Nipsey is just, he, he, he represented a ton of things that obviously I don't know how to stand behind, but I think most, like he's 90% for me. Like he, he absorbed poison and he came out with something that could heal. Like that's mm. wild. You know, that's wild to me. Um, my brother, wasn't you know he was like an atheist and and all this stuff and just over the years one of the people that he continued to speak about even in that phase to this day was Nipsey like he's like yo he just he could get me up in the morning he says things that I need to hear I was always blessed by that and that's what made me like I I got such a love for Nipsey like just because my man knew how to tell that truth um in the way he knew, in he the way he knew how, you know what I'm saying? Like it was his truth, mm-hmm. and he wanted to better the world around him. Um, so yeah, definitely impactful, definitely impactful, memorable. So, all right. So let's talk about your music start. How did you get started into it? Uh, <laughs> I was just a. Uh, I went on a tour. I went so after all those years of being like bad. Um, and God met me, all this stuff, right? I, I'm i like, I want to go to a Christian college. I want to be a Christian. So 
I ended up going on like a tour of Nyack College and in the guys dorm when, we, when they were showing up showing it to us they happen to be like banging beats on the desks in the back and i'm like oh no like oh my god like i'm lit so i just go in and i start rapping i like hop in the cypher i'm watching them they all looking at me they're like who's this little girl like and i just start rapping and they're like blown away and news starts to travel so i'm still deciding if i even want to go to the school and everybody's like yo there's this rapper girl coming to the school like it's lit so then I ended up deciding to go. And like the week that I started, they were doing, cause I started in the middle of the semester. Mm-hmm. So the, not the middle, like, you, uh, like spring. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, they were doing a talent show like the next week after we started. And I, I just was like, all right, fine. I'm gonna go do this again. Words started spreading. Everybody got excited. And a friend of mine was like, hey, would you come like feature on my song? And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, so <laughs> I show up to the studio and he's like, can you sing the hook? And I'm like super girly that day. I'm like wearing flowery pants. I have like a like, and he's like, oh, she raps to the engineers. And they're like, no, she doesn't. Like, we don't want to like, and I'm like, nah, I could like, you're not going to do that. Like, hold on. So then they start playing beats and I just start like freestyling. Um, and then everybody's like lit, everybody's blown away. And then we leave, like I hop on the train, go back home. And by the time we come out the tunnel um, from the train towards the Bronx, I get an email and it's from that team. And they're like, yo, we're blown away. and We want to work with you. And here's a bunch of beats. If you're with it, like pull back up and and I was like, oh my God, what? Like I had never I had never even like really written a song. Like I had written over like beats from like, you know, that I grew up enjoying. Like my I wrote over Song Cry when I was like 13, recorded it in my friend's closet. Like I didn't and so I'm like just tripping. And that was it. Literally, like I was like, okay, fine. So I ended up writing to all the beats, came back, and then I had this like old car and I was just driving back and forth. It was Brooklyn. My college was in Nyack, upstate New York. And so I used to pack like the subs from college because, you know, Brooklyn's expensive. <laughs> and I and and just used to drive to, to the studio. And from there, just life started really happening. Um, I was serving water for Wado. I don't know if you know who Wado is, yeah. um, but he's just Wado. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he has Wado Radio and all these artists were like, like you know, rapping. They came in for um, the Kingdom Choice Awards, so he did this show, and I'm just like serving everybody water the whole day. But like when they're when they're recording, I'm like in it. I'm like, Whoo! like he's on his side, and he's like, like little girl, do you rap? Like I'm like, <laughs> yes. And he's like, so you want to rap? And I'm like shaking in my boots, like, and we do it, and all of a sudden that goes viral. So God touches somebody from Chicago to fly to New York, and he's like, I'm gonna just shoot your videos, and he's like, I just like this is what god wants me to do and so and that was it like all these things started really like lining up and yeah i was just like okay let's do this thing okay so um what we kind of like skipped over is the fact that you've been rapping since you were a little kid and your brother kind of influenced yeah. that right or you were influenced off absolutely okay. yeah so no he definitely influenced that yeah <laughs> So you've been knowing how to freestyle and how to rap. This wasn't anything new. It was in you. Um, people just didn't know yeah. about it. So I do remember. Yeah. The- I, th- I mean, like the people around me knew, but yeah. not like 
it wasn't on social media or nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, and you go into a new school, like those people don't know you. So they didn't know what you were capable of. Um, and so, okay. I didn't realize yeah. it was like that fast. Like everything just kind of started happening like that. Um, I do remember the whole Wado situation and seeing you on there rapping and just like going like wow. beat after beat and like this chick was fire. <laughs> Um, oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I always get super excited when it comes to to women artists, especially when they're dope. And at that mm. time, like all I really knew was like He Song Lee. Yeah. Like, wasn't it, was she there for that? Or you guys did something? Not that one. We did another one at um like the next Christmas actually. We recorded at like the twenty fourth. I don't know how that happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all right, so yeah, so you've been in it. Um, you also mentioned playing the piano as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Were there yeah. were there any other instruments that you played? Um, yeah, drums was actually first. Um, okay. but but they were like super together. Um, like I said, my parents are older pastors, and so like they didn't really have um, youth that knew how to like play, and there wasn't all these teams, and so I was just like we need something like in the fast songs. I was like, let me hit the drums. And then um, for slower songs, I was like, let me figure this out. And then what I really enjoyed was just kind of singing and making stuff up, which yeah. I still enjoy. Um, yeah. yeah, that's how that happened. Um, so just to be clear, she raps and she sings. Very talented. <laughs> a little bit. Thank you. Okay. So you also did a post on Instagram, like kind of alluding to the fact that like, music is your passion but it was kind of like taken away from you like other people were kind of like instructing and taking over things yeah. we were talking about trying to get back to that um do you mind kind of expanding on that um sure i think um and it's it's something that i'm battling now which is why i, I was like you know what let's just do these confessions so that i can just do it you know i want to heal um but i'm I guess I kind of lost, I don't want to say I lost who I am, but I lost the pursuit of that journey, right? Because who we are is so fluid and it's always growing, it's always changing. Um, but I stopped pursuing the learning of myself and I started to just let everybody, I have started to just let everybody like, this. oh, you have the potential to do this, you should do it. And I'm like, okay, 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 let's try this, let's try that. And it just led me to a place of like, well, then who are you even? And what is it that makes you happy? And what do you actually enjoy? Um, and just that gauge or that balance between like success and joy. It's like, yo, it shouldn't even be a balance. It should be that success is a part of joy. And if joy isn't meant, if joy isn't there, then you're not successful. Mm. Um, and so that's where I'm at now. It's like, yo, I, if it's not, if I'm not happy, if I'm not enjoying it, if I'm not changing lives, which is what makes me happy, if I'm not experiencing that moment of like, oh, wow, I never thought of that with somebody or, oh, I feel better with somebody, then it's like, uh, I'm, I'm just doing. Mm -hmm. And it, and that started to kill me because I'm a purpose driven, like girl, like I've grown up driven by purpose, driven by eternity. So to just do something feels like like dying like it feels like you're just trying to pretend like it's like it's a corpse and just because you put makeup I have a verse like that that's why I'm like all but it's like there's a it, I, I can be a mortician um but I can't make it come back to life yeah and so that's not the goal 
Like, I want things to live. I want to live. Um, and a part of doing that is deciding and standing in your feet and being like, that's not the movement. It doesn't matter. Okay, okay. And all right, so you also put out the your unstoppable project. And most recently you did the unstoppable turntable edition on SoundCloud, uh, yeah. which thank you for that. Loving that. Thank you. Yeah. Really, thank you. I'm glad you like it. No, it's it's super dope. Um I mean, like you, I love hip hop, so <laughs> So yeah, little turntable edition like hit the spot for me. Hey. Um and you also like your music videos, you have like a couple music videos that are like visually just fly but are doing really well. Like your unstoppable has over 95,000 views. Um you had the what I had with you with over 114,000 views and I mean, that video, like, I, I want to talk about that because when you had a, a dude on there whose face was scratched out, um, I mean, the whole concept <laughs> behind that, like, we just see you going about town with homie and his whole face is just scratched out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she said, what's up with that? No, um, <laughs> so no, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a girl living uh, life and dating right i'm still single i'm still learning what that even looks like and i just didn't want it to be about the image of some guy i knew already what it would look like oh that's him and that's the guy and it's like that's not the case truth is the pandemic started and we couldn't hire actors so it was like my friend and just like i like this is not what it is like i don't want the focus to be on me dating i want the focus to be on the idea on the concept um, that you can have something special with somebody and still have to like admit and acknowledge that it, that that's not the move or that's not that, you know, it's not the best decision. So that's why it's what I had with you. Um, and the last line is leaving. I walk away. Um, but yeah, I just wanted the conceptual idea and I wanted people to be able to put the face of their love or their experience into the video versus looking at my story. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, wait, I'm sorry. My grandma's here. She's, do you mind just holding on one moment? Hold on. Grandma, I'm, yeah, no worries. I'm trying to do this interview, grandma. Like, hmm, I'll put your stories on and about, just give me 15 minutes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 15 minutes, grandma. That's it, okay? Uh-huh. I got your stories. It's all queued up. It's all PPR and everything. I oh gosh, Grandma. These ain't my stories. You who wait, who who is this fair skinned beautiful girl right here on this screen? This ain't my story. Uh who was you? Hello? Who's you, child? Hi. Hi. Uh, what, 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 what's, How are you? I, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, my name's Mother Brown. They used to call me Black Beauty. Back in the day, all the men's, I'd be walking down the street. They'd be like, hey, Black Beauty. Mm -hmm. Now they just call me Mother Brown. Uh, 
what they call you? Uh, Angie Rose. Angie Rose. And, yes, oh, okay. I remember my grandbaby talking about interviewing you. You um that 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 Puerto Rican un unstoppable chick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they need to yeah. call you Puerto Rican beauty. Okay. <laughs> Puerto Rican beauty. Okay. Now, um, Puerto Rican beauty, you, 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 you had like some, some tall man up in your video. I, I likes me a tall man. Don't want no dusty booty, man. No dusty booty. Just booty just <laughs> dragging on the ground. What types of men's you like? You like some tall? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Taller than me. Taller than you, okay. Just as long as they booty ain't dust in the ground, okay, okay. We like you, huh? There you go. Mm -hmm. I also don't need no man trying to trying to take away what I got. You know, trying to use me as a sugar mama. I ain't nobody sugar mama. I like a man right. who's got his own. You you like a man who's got his own? That's right. That's right. Okay, okay, okay. Miss Miss Puerto Rican beauty. Like to a tall man who got his own. Okay, okay. All right, well, you know, I'm going to say a little prayer for you this evening when I do my evening prayers. Make sure we get you that that tall man. No dusty booty man. All right. Where my grand grandbab? Uh, what's what's her name? Gaylika. Gaylika. Just, just come on over here and just put on my stories, girl. Just put on my stories. Okay, Grandma, I'm gonna put on your stories. Don't worry. <sighs> Thank Wild. you for entertaining my grandma. <sighs> oh, she's she very kind. Stories. <laughs> um, now, how would you say that God's presence looks like in your life musically? Outside of, you know, just personally, but musically. Um, yeah, I think that he's just super intentional about the things that I say um, about my heart and things. Um, and I think that, you know, he's just a better I am. So he, he influences and guides um, the ideas and the concepts, like to say. Um, and he, you know, grabs me and captures my heart when I'm saying things that aren't beneficial. And so, yeah, I think that he's just very intentional. Okay. And my final question, now that you've gone through this whole interview process with me, who would you like to see me interview? Whose testimony? Um, what other artists would you like to hear? Um, I think RG has an amazing testimony. Um, yeah. I would like to see that. Uh, and I think Wanda is dope. Yeah, I got to actually got to do Wanda last year, so that's available. And I need, <laughs> I want to do RG as well. <laughs> so hopefully that can happen in twenty twenty one. Yeah. When. I definitely appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. No, it was my pleasure. This was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome.
You have a wonderful day, Angie. <laughs>